Everybody have plenty to eat? I want to thank Julius for uh, catering that for us and all the people that served and Cassie and all those that set this all up, man. Way to go. I really uh, love the pictures, Cassie, so thank you for doing that as well. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. And uh, like I said earlier, to, for some of us, 2024 sounds like something from Star Trek, Captain's Log, 2024. Some of you go, you know, it's nothing. What do you, you, you know, take it easy. I get it. I get it. But, you know, you think about it. We are one thing we do have in common, whether we've, whether we've experienced a lot of New Year's days or, or New Year's, the beginning of New Year's or a few, we do know this. We think about the year ahead. We think about what's going to happen. A lot of question marks at this stage. We kind of think we have an idea or we may have some things that's happened. I know some of us here have had some things happen right at the beginning of the year that have kind of knocked us for a loop. And I understand that. Uh, at the same time, there's more, there's more of everything coming. You ever wondered about that? What's our, what, what are you, I'd ask you, what's your plans? But, but as a church, what are, what's ahead for us? What's really ahead for us? I've, I think about that often. I know this from last week's lesson that God's people, God ensures us that we'll have a bright future. We really will. That uh, the good and the bad and the ugly that happen, he works out for good. And ultimately, we have something to look forward to. I look at this passage. You don't have notes. So I just I had a lot of passages. And even this morning, I cut out six. OK, so look at this passage up here. If it, we've got it on the screen, don't be stupid. My grandchildren can't say stupid. And I tell them it's in the Bible. Well, grandkids, here's your ammunition for mom and dad. Don't be stupid. Be smart and know where you're headed. Proverbs says you ought to know where you're going. We need to know where we're going. How do you do that? You think about it. We're on a journey. And, and we're on a journey together as a church. And boy, it's been, a, it's been a ride. And God has brought us here. Would you agree with that? He's got us here. Well, uh, where's he going to take us? Because he has no intention for you and I to stay where we are. He wants us to move forward. And that's why the future is bright. And that's why he says you better know where you're heading. Because you're going there anyway. <laughs> you better get ready. You're going that direction anyway. So how do you do that? You ask a man. How do you figure out what's where you get from one place to the next? And you know, men will say, well, you just you know, drive and don't ask questions. Wives, on the other hand, say, do we have a map? My wife's always saying, where's our Rand McNally map? I said, we got GPS. I want MAP. I don't trust GPS. And if it's not that, some, some will say, well, I navigate by the stars. You know, they're out in the woods somewhere and they can tell by the Big Dipper, the North Star, whatever. They're looking up for guidance. And I think all those, are, you know, what do you think about if you're wanting to get from point A to point B, that makes sense. Well, what about from point A to point B in life? How do you figure that out? How do you make sure, and you're smart enough to make sure you're going where you're supposed to be going, and you know where you're going? I don't know about you, but there's times I'm not sure where we're going as a church. <laughs> we, we have breakfast. Gary and Alan and I will get together for breakfast, and we just, sometimes I walk away, and they walk away, we're scratching our heads. What's God got up? What's he up to? He doesn't tell us everything. He doesn't show us everything. But we can get kind of an idea Sometimes we can get a pretty good idea by doing something that the Bible sometimes cautions us about, and that's looking at the past. Just to take a good look at the past. Sometimes it's smart to look at the past. I burn myself at the stove. I come to a hot stove later that week. The past tells me what? Don't touch the stove. It could be hot. I learned something there, see? And yet look what the Bible says here, and these are three of eight that I was going to show you. Look at this. The Lord says, forget what happened before. Don't think about the past. That sounds like, you know, the kuna batata. I don't think the Hebrew word is there, but, you know, it just sounds that way. Forget what happened before. Don't think about the past. Jesus said, whoever puts his hand to the plow and looks back, he says he's not even fit to be in the kingdom of God. One other time he says, you need to remember Lot's wife. Why? What, is, what, 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 what about her? She looked back turned into a pillar of salt. 
And even Paul said this, we looked at this last week in Philippians. He told a whole church here, let me tell you what I do. One thing I do, I forget what is in the past and try hard as I can to reach the goal before me. So the Bible tells us we've got to be careful when we look at the past. Well, why? Well, have you ever known anybody that lives in the past? Somebody that's still trying to live like they were in high school when they're like 50? You know, the, the, they're not understanding the, the past has a purpose. Doesn't it have a purpose? Yeah, it's got a purpose. But it's not to live from the past, but to learn from the past so I can live for the future. Makes sense, doesn't it? So we learn from that. So And look, and look here. Here's some examples. The very same prophet that said, don't think about the past, said this just three chapters later, Isaiah 46. Remember the things I have done in the past. Well, you just told us how to think about the past, Lord, but you need to remember the things I've done in the past. I wonder why I should remember what God's done over what I've done so much. Well, maybe it's because some of the things I've done in the past discourage me, make me wonder if I can do anything. You know, what God has done in the past, it's always up and to the right. And he wants me to never forget what he can do in my life, in your life. Notice that here in Romans 15, the Apostle Paul wrote this to a church. He said, everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. Those things were written so that we could have hope. Think about it. The whole Bible, if, if the past doesn't matter, then why is the, the whole Bible's practically history? And, it, and it's trying to help us learn something from the past. And it's designed, this past gives us some hope. Looking at that past, I can look ahead with some anticipation, with a little excitement, with some hope that God's going to do what he did in the past. Years ago, there was some class I went to, a psychologist was teaching it. And, and uh, he said, okay, well, here's what I want you to do. He's going to do, give us an exercise. He's going to have us write every person. First, he gave us like two minutes on little posters. Write everybody you can think of in your life that's had an impact in your life. Quick, 30 seconds. And I'm writing them on as fast as I can. Stop. Now, on a different color posted, I want you to write uh, as fast as you can in 30 seconds anything that you can think of that you remember in your past, any memory, good or bad. I'm going real fast. Then he said, okay, now what I want you to do is I want you to put them in order as they happened. Wow. And he said, here's, I'm thinking, why are we doing that? And he said, and he, and he I'm thinking this, and, it, and he goes, now you're probably wondering why I'm having you go through this exercise. Have you ever been rowing in a boat? How many of you ever rowed in a boat? All right. And you think about which way are you facing when you're rowing a boat? You're facing the back of the boat. Which way are you going with the boat? that way. Why am I facing the back? Why am I back to the... What do we do as we're rowing? We're looking and we're looking and we're looking and we're looking. There's this consequence. It's good to look at your past. It has a purpose. It has a purpose. It, It helps you learn not only to live in the presence, but it shapes, it shapes how you approach your future. Just what you learn from helps you the next time. The the great theologian, Chief Brody from Jaws 2, said this. He said, I'm not going through that again. (laughs) I thought, wow, that's true. I want something else. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to learn from that. Or that was so good, I want to see that happen again. That was so rewarding. I want to to experience that reward again. So the the past is to help us learn, not only to live now, where we are right now. Next year is here. Well, guess what? You are here right now. And our future lies before us as a church. Before we look at some things that we're wanting to do in 24, and they're just snapshots, we're going to take some time to look at 2023. And so we'll let Alan start off and then we'll see where this goes.
it's good for us as a church to pause and to celebrate people that have served and sacrificed to take care of needs within the church. So we're going to take a minute here just to honor some special servants that we have among us. And so uh, Nathan and Nicole Gill, could you guys come up here for a second? And Mike and Cassie Denius, could you guys come on up here too? Those of us that have been Christians for a while know that this walk with Jesus kind of comes like seasons. And those seasons always change, don't they? And they move from one place to another. And the folks that are assembled here in front of us have gone through a season, actually kind of a long season of service. How long have you guys been doing campus ministry? About 15 years. These guys have served for a very long time. And they have stepped away from those ministries. They have not stepped away from those ministries to go sit down someplace and let everybody else take on all the work. What they've done is they've actually moved into other ministries. You guys have now been working with the children's ministry about three years. Yeah, they got involved with a second ministry before they actually gave up the first one. And Mike, four or five years, you guys have been working with young adults. So they were working with small groups of young adults before they quit working with the teen leaders. And Mike, how many times have you preached in that in that in that time? And a few. And he's still available to preach for us now. So we really just want to honor. I mean, what Tim's talking about is we're in a journey, and things change. And where we are today, where we've been, is important. Where we are is important. But things change, and it's good for things to change. And it's good for us to honor those who have sacrificed so much to serve. Has there been sacrifice involved? Yeah. You have to surrender a lot of things to serve in ministries like these guys have. So on behalf of the church, we'd like to give you guys a little something here. There's one for you and one for you. Basically, we wanted to provide you with the resources that if you guys wanted to choose a a special destination and go someplace for a weekend to get away or use it in another way. But we just wanted to give you a little something, a a token of gratitude on behalf of all of us for all you guys have sacrificed and all you guys have done to help out our kids. Twenty twenty three, what a year, eh? A lot of changes. Uh one of the big changes that happened last year uh is we began adding new staff. Uh we started last year and sometime pre I guess I want to go back two years ago, to somewhere in the spring of twenty twenty one we were approached by uh Cassie Mitchell and another young lady that was in campus at the time and I'm blanking on her name. Carolee, Carolee. And uh, about, hey, they look, we really saw a need with the teen ministry, in which we, we felt the same way, and they, I felt challenged uh, to hire an intern. And so after an extensive search, <laughs> uh, as a joke, we, we interviewed one person, uh, we found Sydney Sakempi and her husband, Mark. And most of you know that we hired her for the summer. Uh, as an intern, liked what we saw. And so at the beginning of last year, was it the end of January, middle of January? Somewhere around there, they moved, her and Mark moved here and began working on a part-time basis uh, with, our, with our middle schoolers. Before I forget, could you guys come on up here, Mark and Sydney? I didn't know when I was, was she even in the room? I'm sure she's busy working with middle schoolers somewhere. Anyway, uh, we did that. And it was, it was after we had done that that we were making the plans for the special contribution. And one of the things, we had three goals for the special contribution, and one of them was to um, hire more staff. And so literally before the contribution got taken up, we had made the decision to go ahead and, and hire Sydney full-time. Come on up here, Sydney. Come on up, Mark. They are a couple. I've been saying nothing but good things so far. And I haven't started lying yet. 
Um, I lost my thought. Anyway, we hired, we, that was our plan when we, when we put the special contribution before you as a church. Uh, that was one of the things we wanted to do was to add more staffing. Uh, it became very clear the fruit of Sydney's work. Uh, if you have any question about what's going on, I really encourage you to show up here on a Wednesday night. Okay? And see the faces, uh, the new faces, the different faces you may not know of kids that have lives that are being touched and folks that are being reached out to. Um, before the special contribution also, we had made a decision that we really wanted to hire someone to work specifically with the high schoolers. And TK, come on up. TK, come on up. TK, what is your last? Jeter, Jeter. <laughs> Officially, it's Jamarius Tristan Kennedy Jeter. He goes by TK. Uh, anyway, we did. We took a more extensive search this time. We actually uh, were in touch with four different people, uh, talked to three of them, uh, had two others here. You remember James Fish, who had an internship uh, after those first two gentlemen we'd interviewed. I was actually in North Carolina where TK was at. We met in Greensboro. Was that where we met? Yes. And uh, I came away from that thinking, he's, I think he's our guy. I didn't want that to be based on my emotions and my thoughts, so I was reserved about that. Um, and so we, we brought him here for a weekend and let everybody meet him as much as we possibly could. And... TK is now our full-time youth minister. And so, guys, I, it, 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 it's very exciting to know that we've done this, okay? And we kind of led with this um, to say, listen, we're, we're doing what we said we were going to do with the special contribution. And we're excited about having these, these, these two working with our teens. We identified the teens as a major area. And I just want to throw one thing out here, guys. Both of both. Sydney and TK have the, the belief that the parents are the main influencers of the children and they are simply here to help, okay? And, and, and while reaching into the lives of other kids that are around. And so, guys, I wanted to pray with them real quick and uh, then we'll continue on, all righty? Father, we want to thank you just for, for bringing Sydney and TK to us and, Father, giving us the opportunity to, to get to know them, first of all, Father, for them to bring their their faith that, that came from outside of the Greater Alton Church in and to influence us. And, Father, ultimately to influence our teen ministry so that more kids and more families know about Jesus because of their work. Father, we commit their work to you, and we ask you to bless their work. And, Father, we I, I ask specifically that we, you help the entire Greater Alton Church to join in that in whatever capacity they have. Because though we believe parents are the primary source, we know that any connection with Jesus is good. And Father, that's what we want to focus on. And it's in Jesus we bring this before you. Amen. You're welcome. Go back to whatever you were doing, Sydney. Okay. Jonathan, will you come up here for a minute? I, don't, I just need help. Okay. This is my son, Jonathan. What are, okay. We pull this out here. This is a shredder here. I want to back up. When we when we, we talked about our special contribution, we said the number one thing we had planned to do was to pay off the mortgage. Whoa, 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 you too. Okay. Now if you would grab the vase over there with the mortgage in it. And so, anyway, as of September, uh, when the special contribution was, ta- was taken, we owed $182,000 and change. And we received, at that time, on that day, $324,000. Now, I want to, I'm not sure what this is going to take. This, it's set on auto, but you may have to put this back. That's manual, okay? Oh, I don't know if you can do it all at once. That's why I got you up here to help. Tim wants the envelope shredded, too. We're going to shred it all, all of it. And we're going to... We're going to place it in this vase, and it's going to be displayed in a prominent place in the small dome. Thank you, son. And what we're going to do, 
the, the reason for that, guys, in the Old Testament, there is a, a story in 1 Samuel. It, it, it culminates in chapter 7 because the Ark of the Covenant has been out of, the, out of the nation of Israel. It's been in the Philistine territory. And it's a rather interesting story if you care to go read it. Um, and the, the, the Ark of the Covenant, the Philistines are cursed by God because it's there, and they send it back. They put it on a cart with some cows, and they make sure it gets into Israel territory, and then they leave it alone. They don't want nothing to do with it. And so it comes into God's people, and they celebrate, and they make offerings. And it ends up that the town that it's in, some people decide to look inside the ark, and 70 of them die because they're not supposed to look inside the ark. And those people talked to another town and said, come get it. We don't want it here. Come get it. And so it went to another town and sat in some guy's house for 20 years before it finally got brought back to Jerusalem. And after it got brought back, Samuel set up a stone. He called it an Ebenezer, which is stone of remembrance. Now, it's interesting, just kind of coincidental. The Ark of the Covenant was, was, was at that guy's house for almost 20 years. Or for 20 years. Our mortgage we paid on for 19 and a half years. Don't know if that means anything. But guys, we want to present that out there just to remember. Okay, there's been a ton of faithful people through the years who have faithfully given. Okay, to pay off that mortgage. And it's really been a yoke. I mean, financially, it has been a challenge. You know, and we've done everything. We, we, we At one point, we, we graciously, God led us to get a lower interest rate. We had a special contribution in 2019 to pay a chunk, you know, to pay it down, to save us some more money. And now finally it's completely gone. Amen. And so, guys, I just want to encourage you that don't just forget about it out there. When you look at that, that says something. And it talks to the faithfulness of all of us. And so I want to do that, guys. Um, some other, the other things we said we wanted to do is we wanted to fund the ministries. And so we wanted to let you guys know we have began doing that. We've taken a few of the major ones, uh, specifically the teen ministry and Discovery Land and um, those two and the benevolence ministry, okay? And we said that we gave them a year's worth of the budget, and then we continue to put a monthly amount in that we've budgeted for each month. And so, guys, things are being – ministries have resources, Okay, and if you're a ministry that says I need some resources, talk to us, because have the you got all my money, honey. (laughs) Anyway, that's there. It's my wife now, and Nathan are going to continue talking about compassion in action and what happened during 2023 during in that ministry. Thank you. We came we came out a couple times because we thought he was almost done, but anyway. Tim asked us to share a little bit about how many lives we touched in 23 and how we've grown and what we're going to do in 24. And first, I'd like to say we're not really a ministry. We're a group of people that minister together. And the things I'm going to share are really compassion and action people and some of all of you because there's no black and white line between what we're doing and what you're doing and, you know. So it's really hard to tell how many people's lives we've touched because some of them were just a momentary touch. Some of them we got much closer to. So the only way I knew how to do this was to kind of go through quickly what we did last year. So we're going to take turns sharing real quick. So one thing we did was we met about once a month to pray and ask God to lead us. We had several bridge cafes, including a bridge cafe on the road, and we had a good news breakfast. And... We went door to door and handed out backpacks, school supplies to invite families to come. We did drive-by prayer several times here at Greater Alton Church and Parks. We handed out ice cream once. <laughs> we kept the blessing box going to help with food for strangers. Yeah, and you know, some of these things we had, how do we know who we reach? We don't know. When we do drive-by prayer, we get lots of people honking, lots of people giving us a thumbs up. We don't know if one of those people that morning was praying God I don't know if you're real or not. Give me a sign. And then they drive by these crazy people on the street holding a sign. Hey, come pray with us. And maybe that was their sign. I don't know. But other people, I know a good friend of mine, we're getting ready to study the Bible with. I don't know if she's still in here. 
She said she saw us one time and she thought, I really need to stop. And if they're still there when I come back, I'm going to stop. And she's been coming to church and we're getting ready to start studying with her tomorrow. And so you just don't really know who you touch, you know. But we've had a combination of people who've messaged us through Facebook, people who've called the church, people we've met standing out in front of the church building. Uh, another couple of ladies we've been talking to, we met when we did hamburgers out by the uh, dealer's electric place in Wood River. So you just really don't know. But the other things we did after that, uh, like I said, we called back people who left voicemails and messages from the church. We took Thanksgiving food baskets to six families. We boxed up over 50 boxes of Christmas uh, Operation Christmas Child with personal notes and sent those overseas. Uh, we bought and delivered Christmas gifts for 38 kids in 13 families. We prayed with a lot of people, helped people with food, utility bills, rent, gas. We shared the good news and the story of hope with quite a few people. We saw two of the people we met get baptized this year. One recommitted, one of them recommitted her life to Christ. Yeah, John. We got several studies going on right now. We have around, well, about five of them. Um, a few people are visiting church and three handsome little boys that come every Sunday. That's my new grandsons. I don't know if you've noticed them. The three handsome little boys. Anyway. <laughs> Nate is my support person, by the way. He's up here. I made him get up here with me. And I just wanted to say, Susan brought this to my attention. It's not just those people that we're seeing. We have about 12 people that help us most of the time. And it's the best people ever. And we have such a good time. It's so exciting. And to be able to do God's work together is just, I don't know, I just think it's such a blessing. And I do want to throw out there, if you're all looking for something to do, I'm seeing an increase in need of people who just need to give rides. We have several people right now that can't drive for various reasons. And people to do Bible studies because we're getting a lot of people who want to study the Bible. And, you know, if you want to do that, let me know. Okay, so how are we growing? Good question. I think we're growing in a number of people that are helping us. I think we're growing on learning to lean on God more because I'm pushed way out of my comfort zone. Yeah, and so I think we're kind of like we must pray, God, we need your help here. And we pray for the people. We pray for God to change their hearts. We pray for the church. We pray for ourselves. Give us wisdom. But we're really trying to ask God always, what do you want us to do? Show us what to do. And what are we going to do this year? Part of what we're going to do is keep praying once a month and asking God. This Friday night, we're getting together to pray. And we're going to, uh, we have been praying. I'm sorry, i got to turn my page. We have been praying, asking God, what can we do to have the most impact on the most people this year? What can we do to show Jesus to the most people? So, and we're just trying to see what God puts in front of us. Yeah, it's, it's, um, oh yeah, um, well, we're abs absolutely going to have more bridge cafes, uh, drive-by prayers, and, uh, what's been, what's been such a blessing, uh, is, um, just getting to know the people, um, in ministry, and, um, you know, we're just trying to do what God wants us to do, and go in the direction he wants us to go, um, you know, during communion, um, he called us out of darkness, and, and he pulled us out of there and rescued us and brought us into the kingdom of light, kingdom of his son. And that's what we're just trying to do. Um, we're in his kingdom of light, going back out into the darkness and uh, trying to share um, his light and his hope. Um, uh, a verse that's been in my heart all year long is the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. We've seen a lot of people come at the bridge cafes with crushed and broken hearts and um, just being able to share um, that word, God's seed, which is Jesus. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know who waters it. Um, we just try to plant that and uh, see what God does. So I'm really excited this year to see what's going to happen, to see how many lives are impacted. Um, 
and uh, my expectations were completely blown away. Um, I typically have certain things in my mind how things should happen, and God is just like, just was like, I was, I'm just wowed. I'm so grateful to be a part of this ministry, and we're always looking for help. So if you're looking for an area to serve, um, we could use all the help that we could get. Um, uh, people need help out there, and they're in darkness. And um, uh, if you guys uh, can really, um, I've heard three to five inches next Friday. We're all getting together. There's about 12 of us going over to Susan's. If you guys can pray hard that we don't get three to five or six to 12 so that we can all meet to pray about this next Friday. <laughs> um, but you want to share some ideas? Sorry. So anyway, we do have a Family Bridge Cafe planned this week, and that is to reach out to the families that we just took Christmas to. Coral's idea, wonderful idea. We're going to do that. And like Nate said, we're going to keep doing some of the same things, but we've been brainstorming. We've been talking with the youth leaders. We've been talking to the children's ministry leaders about, hey, what can we all do together to reach out to people? Nate just keeps talking about he wants a church bus, and he's just it's on his heart to do something with that. And, I mean, we just brainstormed. We talked about putting a big garden in the back so we can feed people. We talked about more people going deer hunting so we'd have meat in the freezer to give away to people who need food and just just whatever we can do. And I don't know. I guess that's about it. But anyway, but our number one goal is, like Nate said, is to help people find God. And sometimes we just help meet their needs first. So I think that's about it. Anyway, thank you, guys. I just wanted to take a second, though, and as if you've been baptized this year or you placed membership, could you stand? We just want to see if we have how many show up today. We're thankful. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, yeah look at that. Look at that. Very excited. Very exciting. I found it that another translation, this same passage from Isaiah says, not to look at the past, it says, let me tell you why because you ain't seen nothing yet. And I thought that was really interesting. There's so much, what's, what's going to happen in our future? That's what I want to talk about with just a few minutes left that they gave me. <laughs> we thought, what do we, what do we do? We've done themes and, 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 you know, typically we do themes and we get away from them. And I know that's, that just seems to happen around here. We start off really excited and then maybe we get, gets kind of lost. But I want to uh, propose to you that this year, that we just ask God to give us the heart of a servant. That that's really what we we try to, we're going to use this. There's so many things we're going to be looking at and talking about. But really just say, God, you know, would you give me the heart of a servant? It was on the heels of washing the feet of his disciples that Jesus said these words. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done to you. He said, be a servant. No, by the way, if you'll notice, nobody was asking to serve. Jesus knows that's a problem. So he knows that. But he's, but you know what? He still encourages. He still says, come on, let's do this together, fellas. Let's be, a, let's be servants. And let me tell you that this year, you know, we're, I'm asking us to look at ways, make a commitment to be a to be deeper and deeper in love with Jesus and express your love, your great, your gratitude by serving him. We're wanting to build a, a sense of purpose about our service this year. Um, Romans twelve eleven. this is our, I think our key verse for the year. Serve the Lord with all a heart full of devotion. I'm looking into the faces of a church that has done things I've never seen that each time, every time this church was asked to do something, to stretch, whether it be way back in the day when it was just Gary and Mike and just a few of us, a handful of us in the basement of my house, when this thing, the whole thing started, right off the bat we talked about we're going to have to we, we got to raise up. We've got, we've got to get serious. We've got to, you know, and, and the call to do that. And I've watched this church over the years when you've been called to give, to sacrifice, to, to, uh, to look for someone, to invite someone each time, each time you've raised to the occasion. 
And I, I just, I want to, I want to just throw another one out there that you decide to be a servant of Jesus in these walls and outside these walls. Just be that servant that says, I'm going to do what the Lord would has. I'm going to follow what he called me to do. You know, Jesus did not do what he did in a church building. I'm not negating that church building stuff's important. He did it. He did it. The people he loved. And it wasn't in a temple. It wasn't in the house of God. It was just in a room. Any room will do. When a servant's there, it's a place of service. And so I just want to encourage you to to respond to this challenge, this idea of to serve the Lord with a heart full of devotion. Paul said it this way in the the God's Word translation. I love this. Make this your mantra. Use your energy to serve the Lord. You're going to be using your energy to earn. Am I right? You're going to be using that energy to be responsible, produce things, work on things, make things. You're going to be using your energy to invest in your family. Oh, but make sure that energy is ultimately for the Lord, to serve the Lord. Second thing is we're wanting to do this year, and these are these are big steps for us, though you might say, well, they're not that big a step. Well, they, I consider them huge. This idea about everybody wanting to be a servant. Did you know most churches, 20% of the people do 80% of the work? We used to be a church where 80% of the people did 20, or did 80% of the people did all the work and 20% sat on their hands and we made them uncomfortable. I, I'm just I'm saying church, I'd like to see us get back to that 80-20. Just to get to there. I'd love for all of us just to say, oh, what can I do? What can I do? Where can I serve? Instead of waiting to be asked, be the person that asks, where can I help? Where can I serve? The second thing is I want us to clarify, or we're going to work toward clarifying our purpose and strategy for small groups. Has you, have you ever been lost when you're trying to go somewhere? I've been lost so many times. My wife will say, ask for directions. Ask, no, no, I think, I think I've got it. I think I've got it. And, and, and then I realized I don't got it. And I got to ask for directions. And same thing is true. This church, we have had moments where it looks like, man, we are so razor sharp and we've got our focus down. And then we get kind of lost. We get, we lose our way occasionally. I think that's probably normal for churches. We occasionally will lose our way. So we have to step back and go, let's try to clarify some things. Let's see if we can get some things back on this, back on the same page again or on the right page. And one of them is small groups. You know, I don't know what your small group is like, but but there's a reason for small groups. And we're a small group church. And uh, we want your small group experience, and you want to make sure as a member the small group experience of everybody else in your small group is a good one, a growing one. Jesus said these words in Matthew 18. This is in the message. Take this most seriously, he says. You need to really take this serious. What is it? When two of you get together on anything on the earth and make a prayer of it, my Father in heaven goes into action. You need to get serious about If you're praying, get ready. Then he says this, And when two or three of you are together because of me, you can be sure I'll be there. He says you need to be serious about getting together. Not just prayer, but being together in a group. Why? Because I will be in there. I will do my work in you. I will help you. Small groups are powerful. And we're wanting to... Listen, we, we we've had... I don't know if you're noticing or not, rest of us here, you know, us life fixtures, we've been around so long. Have you noticed there's new faces? There's new faces coming all the time. There's new people looking for some help. They're looking for a good place to worship and grow in Christ. And church, I got to tell you, for that to happen, we've got to have more small groups. And we're wanting, we're wanting to at least establish five new small groups this year. At least five. Right now we got some that are overcrowded. But if we could just get five new groups, that would be so cool. Why? Because groups are powerful and they're productive and they bring Jesus into each other's lives when we get together like that. See, because we get new more, new disciples, we need more groups. We need new groups. And what's that mean? Well, it means somebody needs to take a step. Remember what I said earlier? You're here, but you're not to stay here. We're supposed to be moving. And for us to have new groups, 
we've got so, all of us, not just, by the way, when we talk like this, I know some of us will go like this. We'll go, well, uh, he's talking to somebody else. I'm talking to every one of us here. Every one of us here. If, if we're going to have new groups, I need you to do something. God needs you to do something. And down deep inside, you know you need to do this. You need to step out. Be willing to step out of a group in order to form a new one. Be willing to step into another group in order to form another one. Be willing to step up your game so there's some, so there's some leadership in our small groups. I say that to everybody here. Take a step. Don't stay. Don't, don't, don't find yourself at the end of 2024 and you're still where you were today. Number three, I, I, we're wanting to provide growing opportunities. We know that I know this and you know this, that as I grow, the church grows. If I don't grow, the church doesn't grow. And I don't mean like a number. I'm talking about just in maturity. If I'm not healthy, the church is not healthy. That's a better way to say it. The, the better spiritual health I'm in, the better the church spiritual health is in. And yes, it reproduces. And yes, it grows. And it's able to support. And see, it's smart. We talked about don't be stupid, be smart. That very first passage, know where you're going. It's smart to improve yourself. It's smart to, to sharpen your spiritual ed, edge. I think Paul says something about about that, don't you? Train yourselves to be godly. Do your best to be a workman of the word and, and correctly handles the word of truth, but not ashamed to work. In other words, I, I'm responsible. The biggest discipler and mentor in my life is me. You know that, right? That's what self-control is. It's, it's yes, it's, it's following Jesus, but I'm calling the shots. I decide how mature and how grown up I'm going to be and how much I'm going to know. And, and more than ever, we're wanting to provide opportunities to grow and learn. Proverbs 18 says, everyone with good sense wants to learn. And Paul t- says in Philippians 1.9, I pray you'll continue to grow. You'll continue to learn. That you know the Lord better and better. You'll understand all the things that are there. And see, and so, the, so this year, I'm asking you to be committed that you're, I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to learn something more. And I'm going to hone a skill. And I, by golly, I'm going to get the tools I need. I just bought some tools from Amazon. I've used only one time on one job. And I didn't have it. And I got it. I need that tool. And I'm saying to you, there's a tool. We want to provide those tools for you. But I, I'm saying this year, we're, we want to help. Every year, every, we begin the year, we talk about, oh, we need to do balance. Something on money management. Maybe something for families. Because those of you who have smaller, younger children... And those of us, all of us here that have money, we, we need some guidance in those areas. Would you agree with that? But there's more things to grow in and more things to learn in. Like a Christian apologetics. We want to offer something this year to help us give sound answers to people about why we believe what we believe, why you believe what you believe. We're wanting, listen, we're wanting you to know the studies, our studies. And so we can share our faith with people and how to disciple people. And we also want to give you the tools, not only the existing leaders, but the leaders coming up, the kind of tools that you need so you can lead effectively. And we're, that's what we're serious about that. And last of all, it's a brick and mortar. It's a brick and mortar issue. I'm asking, could we, could we upgrade the exterior of our church building? Could we get it, get it a facelift? These passages bother me. Haggai 1 says, Is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while the house, this house remains a ruin? What's he mean by this? What house is he talking about? Oh, he's talking about the Old Testament. Old Testament. That's a temple thing. And we're no longer uh, connected with the Old Testament. Funny how we pick and choose, huh? But he says, he says, how can, you know, how can you, how can you let, live in such, take care of your own home, but you let my house Ruin, going to ruin. Here's another one in Proverbs 24. I went past the field, the field, past the vineyard of someone who has no sense. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds and the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I learned. I learned a lesson from what I saw. And here's what the mess, how the message says it. Sit back, take it easy. You know what comes next? 
You know what's going in the future? What's coming next? Just this. You can look forward to a dirt poor life with poverty as your permanent house guest. I come to realize something. The place where I live and the place where I worship both say something. You go by my home, go by my church, and there's a message that it conveys. I have old Christmas lights on my house. I don't know how many people say, I just love going by your house at Christmas. You have the traditional look, that old-fashioned look. I love that. You have such a pretty home. You don't think I get excited and I'm just puffed up with pride. Well, thank you very much. I have, there's people actually, I watch, have you ever done this? You stop at a house you're so impressed with and you look at it and you go, it's saying something positive. You see where I'm going with this, don't you? You know, it's, I just want you to see that he's saying here, here's what you can count on in the future if you don't take care of my stuff. That you're gonna, ha- it's gonna, it's going to, it's going to be a place that gives off evidence of poor stewardship, laziness, and materialism. Now, I know we've got a long way to go before, before we become the Crystal Cathedral. Am I right? I don't, man, our doors stick. They leak. We're, I'm, not, I'm not interested in becoming some crazy, the best-looking building in town. But I do think it does give a message to people when they go by. Did you know that uh, uh, there for a while people thought we had shut our doors? They didn't think we were even open. I said, how do you know that? Well, I drove by and it just looked like nobody was home. Like everybody had left. See, there's Christ's appearance. This temple, it gives a message. Am I right? This, this, this house that Christ is in gives off an appearance and so does curb appearance to our building. And so I'm just saying is that just like you and I give first impressions with how we present ourselves, we give first impressions on how we, what we think is important. Now, I do believe the big secret is we care a whole lot about what's inside than outside. But can't we do both? <laughs> can't, can't we work on this? Okay. So I'm just asking that you, and I'm asking for this, I'm asking for a team of serious men and women, young and old. Let's form a team and work together and work on our campus this year. And maybe by Easter we can have it up to speed. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Nice goal. So I'm going to get, I got to be done here because the Packers, I think, are playing. No, I got to, no, I I know we've we've been here long enough. I want to ask you, where do you see yourself in all this stuff? Where are you this year? I want to ask you and I want to strongly urge you to help this church be a healthy church. Just to be a healthy place. I ask, I ask you to start praying about this and ask God to give you the heart of a servant. Steve Jobs said this, he was the founder of Apple, he said this, for the past 33 years, I have looked in the mirror every morning and asked myself, if today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I'm about to do today? And whenever the answer has been no for too many days in a row, I know I need to change something. I want to ask you, he says this is change one thing and it will change the direction of your life. And church, if you'll change one thing, you'll change the direction of this church. And as we look at the future, we can have something to look forward to. Commit. Make a commitment to grow and mature. Ask where you can help. Ask all year long. Don't stop asking. Invite people to our events, to Sundays. You know, we're having a Super Bowl party here. It's church-wide Super Bowl party. I understand there's a celebrity here. Is the, the, the dipping contest winner is, is a chip dip. Where, Michael, are you anywhere in a... Is Michael, raise, there he is. He's the three-time champion, I understand. He's a big champion. We got, there he is, reigning champion. He will be here. But invite your friends to, to, to a good, clean, good time watching the Packers play the Chiefs. Um, I'm praying about that. Okay, and, and 
and, and invite people to your home. Invite people into your life. Invite people into your everyday uh, things. And, and most of all, if you want to get really gnarly and daring, make it a goal to set up one study with somebody this year. If you, I'm going to study with somebody. If I, well, I don't know how, then I'm going to get them in a study so I can learn how to. Because good people can look forward to a bright future. And our future is bright, church. Great to be together today. God bless you. We're going to pray, and then we'll uh, wrap it up here. Father, we look at the year ahead, and we pray, Father, that you'll be pleased. Help us do what pleases you. If it means changing our plans, then change them. Father, we pray that give us the heart of a servant. Give us the heart of a servant just like your son Jesus who would do dirty work, who would wash anyone's feet. Who, When he saw it, he did something. He didn't just merely point to it, but took a towel and got to work. Lord, thank you for the families here, the families that started this church and the families that are still here and are working in this church. Bless our homes. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Can somebody take from me what you alone have given me? No way. No, 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 no way. Can they take what can't be seen like Jesus Christ alive in me? No way. sight and still my heart can't see. Nobody can take my life away from me. No way. No, 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 no way. Nobody can ever take my life from me or separate me from his love or liberty. Take away my physical ability. Still nobody can take my life away from me. No way. No, 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 no way. Can someone keep your hand from me? Do chains have that ability? No way. No, 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 no way. Chain me down, my heart's still free. There is no place my God can be. They can't have me Take away my sight And still my heart can't see Oh, nobody can take my life away from me No way No, 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 no way Nobody can ever take my life from me Or separate me from his love or liberty Take away my physical ability Nobody can take my life away from me. No way. No, 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 no way. No, 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 no way. No, 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 no way.